What's up, guys? I have a special episode for you. I get to interview my old buddy, Nick Ingham. Nick is uh, a badass from, you know, the Outlaws back in the day. He shot stellar scores. The main reason why I want to have him on is for the to get info about the State 900. And uh, he gives you a little bit of info. Um, but I wanted, you know, before I show you guys that episode, I just wanted to tell you some things that I've tried in the past. I have built exceptionally heavy arrows for the 900 and they did not work the way I wanted them to. I don't know if I, you know, what exactly I did wrong, but shooting the same arrows that I shoot for safari events seem to work the best. Uh, I've shot, you know, most of my safari arrows are 120 grain point, you know, correctly spined arrows with tiny, tiny veins. It would be AAE, Max Vane or uh, an FFP-187. If you're wondering which AAE vein it is, it's the tiny one that's shield cut. I think it's called a 2.1. Um, that's pretty much a basic, you can't go wrong with arrow. I'm not saying it's the best thing you'll ever shoot, but you can't go wrong with it. It's not going to hurt you. Um, so the State 900 is coming up. It is uh, September 11th, September 12th. If you want to shoot at a Black Mountain, you could... If you were so inclined, shoot it at Black Mountain and then shoot it again uh, September 19th at the Nevada County Sportsman uh, or shoot it uh, September 19th at the Straight Arrow Bowman. So there you guys have it as far as the State 900. It is coming up. It is a month away. I hope you guys are practicing. You know, uh, Nick has good, pretty good tips about when he won it. He won it with four, only dropping four points. He beat this guy, John Weaver. John Weaver holds state record for having only dropped two points. And uh, I wanted to get John Weaver on so I, he could tell us his secrets to shooting such a phenomenal 900 score. But uh, he is currently not answering his Facebook messages. So he's in hiding for some reason. Aside from the state 900, if you guys still have a hankering for um, Safari, Lodi Gold Country Classic is a 28 target three arrow event on October 3rd. Yahi Bowman is doing the fall fling 28 target three arrows uh, on October 23rd. Diablo Bowman are having the fall harvest uh, October 24th. Uh, those are all orange spot events. So if you guys are just starting to peak at Safari right now, or if you have just peaked, and you want to either write it out or, uh, you know, see if you can't get just a little bit more out of your outdoor setup, you can effectively shoot Safari till the end of October. Um, you know, granted, there is the State 900. It's not Orange Spot. It is a feet of face, the 122 centimeter big feet of face. It's all archery. All right. Let's remember, you know, before someone says like, well, you know, I only do one event specifically at a time. It's not like you're shooting indoor arrows here, all right? If you're still shooting outdoor arrows, I mean, the name of the game is break, break with your pin in the middle. It's all the, it, that's the same game all the way through. Um, thanks to my buddy Eric, who let me know that there are other events that I have forgotten to mention. Uh, there are some FIDA events. Let me see if I can remember exactly what they were. I believe it's a grape 
stakes at the end of August, and the Pat Copes Championship is at the end of September. I don't have the dates offhand, so you guys can Google those, you know, if you really are, you know, boned up about going and competing. Like, there's two more events right there. Those are FIDA events, um, which are, I think, great events to get better. And like I've said before, all forms of competing are all ways to get better. Um, Black Belt. Black Mountain Bowmen are doing something called the Coyote 600, which is two 300 rounds uh, on a Vegas face. What? And a NFA. Oh, five spot. Um, apparently, there's going to be payouts for that. I might, you know, beg my wife to see if I can't shoot that because that looks like some shit that I am all about. Um, so those are upcoming events, guys. Uh, I really hope to see a lot of names shoot this 900. I know 900s kind of get a bad rap for not being a sexy event, you know. Uh, I've always had fun at the 900s because you get to go pal around with your friends, and it's a long, it's a long all day kind of event. So it kind of ends in the early afternoon. So you get up early, you go, you register, or you you know check in, and you bullshit with your friends. You shoot a leisurely paced 900 round. If you love archery and you love kicking it with your friends, you guys should all go do this. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I wish I was doing it this year. I'm not. Um, I personally have never put down. I mean, when I won, uh, I won it with like eight down, which is not, it's not the best. You know, uh, not to poo-poo anybody's scores, but what you should be striving for is somewhere, you know, if you want to win it, strive for five down. If you want to do good, your goal should be 10 down. And it's all doable. If you shoot compound freestyle, it is doable. If you can get outside your head and just break good shots. It's 60 yards. I mean, for most of us, 60 yards is where we just hang out and practice. On a non, on a not real practice day where you just go and bullshit with your buddies, should be at 60 yards. So, um, yeah, that's what's going down. I hope everyone's having a good time right now. I do believe this is episode 20, so this is a special one. You know, uh... Nick is, uh, I, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I, I started off not liking Nick because he was the guy that beat Emerson and I was so defensive about my, uh, one, my, my loyalty for Emerson that I was like, who's this guy that beat Emerson at indoor? And then as I got to shoot with Nick, uh, he's actually a really nice dude and he is, he plays He's a self-admitted bimbo, and he plays like he's a bimbo, but he's actually a really smart, really intelligent guy, and he uh, he does the work. He does the little things, too. He just doesn't talk about it. So, you know, everyone try to... I, he actually, in this podcast, he talks about all the little things he does, and I think a lot of stuff is not stuff that people knew about Nick, but uh, as far as... Archery goes, he's an extremely intelligent guy, and there's a lot to learn from him. Um, he's also really naturally talented at archery as well. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, I'm just gonna interject that you know this podcast is sponsored by DMB Custom Coatings. Um, they are the Cerakoters out of Napa. They did Casey Coffold's bow that you saw in the Olympics. Um, they have done my project bow. They're about to do my competition bow, my Matthews. Uh, they're doing Blake Jerome's bow. 
his Hoyt Invicta that he has worn all the anodizing off of is now getting done in OD green, which is the second Invicta to be done in OD green, mind you. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say I did the first uh, during COVID. Not that I Saracoded it, Darren did, but... Anyway, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast, and I hope you all have a, a great practice tomorrow, tomorrow being Sunday. Uh, I hope you guys are practicing. Like, archery is not going to, archery is not dying, okay? So we all got to get it together because it's just going to get more difficult. Uh, you guys keep it exy. Tip your waiters. Bye. Sub Nick. Hey, what's up, my guy? <laughs> Long time no talk to you, buddy. How you been? Oh, I've been good. Well, Thank you. <laughs> sound like uh, sincere. I've been good. Right. It doesn't sound confident. I know it's summertime, dude, and summer times are they're just crazy for me. Why is that? Uh, well, heating and air technician, so you know, constantly oh. working all day long. Yeah, Are you still find. Oh, man, I try to. How often are you practicing right now? Uh, Once a week. Once a week? Yeah. So usually I'll go down and shoot like Sundays or, you know, maybe even like a Saturday, something like that. And, uh, That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, I'm going to go on you real quick because some people were like, who's Nick Ingham? And people don't really know that. Like a couple of years ago in Northern California, you were like one of the the top dogs, and now you. So it's like we don't see you, like as often at all these local events right now. Do you tell? I mean, on this show, uh, quite a bit. What are some of your accomplishments, Nick? Uh you got a lot. You've won state indoor a handful of times. Yeah, I've probably won state in California at least 10 times just growing up in California. As for like anything, you know, national, uh-huh. uh, never really had the opportunity until I got back into archery, which I didn't get back into it when, man, that was probably six years ago. Uh-huh. You so, started shooting with your dad? Is that yeah, right? yeah, that's how I got into it, man. Yeah, My was dad, your dad target archer? He was, yeah. And actually, my dad was probably one of the best shots I've ever seen in my life. Really? Yeah, but he he never wanted to do competitions. That's that's fucking cool, man. So he right. was he like your first coach? You know, basic shooting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much how I got started into it is like uh, I used to do BMX racing and I won world nationals in BMX racing when I was eight years old. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm I think I'm kind of done with this. And so my dad went down to Big Five and he bought me one of those. uh, Like little tiny black bows that looks like it's been made out of plastic bottles and an old (laughs) screen. (laughs) yeah and so i went out i started shooting some hay bales and then he wanted me to go shoot a chicken (laughs) (laughs) i I think i surprised him because i put about seven arrows in this chicken 
and I was just more surprised on how many arrows this, you know, this chicken could take. Dude, that's and, such a Navy SEAL way to teach your kid archery. Yeah, it's like, are right? you liking this? Is this fun? Now go kill that fucking chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, country raised man. That's awesome, man. Where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in Oakdale, California. Uh huh. Yeah. So we used to. My dad opened up an archery shop there uh, when I was nine years old, and we had that archery shop for uh till I was seventeen. No shit. Yeah, until Bass Pro moved in. Whoa! I did not know all this. Yeah, yeah. I try to stay a little low key, you know. Well learned you existed right it was i think uh me and emerson were getting ready for indoor like state indoor the 450 round and i was talking did you win this last year like i heard you you did really good he goes no nick ingham beat me and i was like who the fuck i was like no one can beat emerson who's nick ingham and then i saw oh that guy that's the dude that beat emerson okay and then you started (laughs) it was like you were shooting you're always shooting either the same score or a couple points above Emerson during the outlaw. I mean, there's a couple where Emerson game, but you're always shooting really high. Like a, I say you're like a nine sixteen shooter on average for the outlaws. And you've hit like, I don't know. What what are your high scores? Do you remember? Uh, I think nine twenty one was my all time high for outlaw tournaments. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just just so people that are listening that don't remember or either have like a a lot of people listening to the show are kind of new, you know, and you kind Mm -hmm. of like left right before they uh, got a chance to like learn who you are, man. And, you know, Nick's one of these guys. There's like a pool of us and those are guys that can shoot. I, in my opinion, nine fifteen, nine sixteen on any given day, and then on a good day, they're gonna punch out a twenty or a twenty-one or plus. Which right. you know, yeah, pretty much like how it goes with outlaws. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, the people that shoot over there for outdoors, mm-hmm. like there's some great shots out there. Yeah, like awesome shots. I'm surprised, like nobody in that state has like actually just dominated Reading and just shown Chris Perkins what's up yet. Cause I mean, there, there's guys there that has the potential to do it. And I think they just get it inside their head when they get to Reading. Yeah. You know? In Reading people having the, which is fucking wild. I live here. You, well, I don't know. Maybe that puts more pressure on them because they're like, Oh, I should get in the bag. Yeah. yeah. One thing you didn't talk about is Iowa Pro Am. Uh, is that what it was? Oh, Iowa yeah, Pro Am? Yeah, yeah. Or is it Idaho? Yeah, yeah. Is it the, was it the Idaho Pro Am? Yeah. Iowa? I forget what they called it. Um, it was just kind of one of those tournaments that I saw pop up on the website. And I was like, oh, you know what? I, I think I need to go to that and get ready for indoor and. Dude, I was a nervous wreck when I got there, and I saw 
all the top guys that were there. I was like, holy crap, you know, you got Rio Wild, Tate Morgan drove all the way from California, you got Kyle Douglas. I was like, what the hell did I just sign up for, man? I'm not ready for this. I've been practicing like every other week. So, yeah, uh, that was uh, – You fought your way to second, right? Uh, I did, yeah. So, basically, they – how they did it over there it was like a Vegas style. Like if you shoot a clean score uh, both days and you go into a uh, shoot off like uh-huh. Vegas. Yeah. Damn, dude. So you went clean. Yeah. Yeah. I went clean. I shot uh, 326 both days. Damn, um, dude. Yeah. I think awesome. a lot of it is that I really wanted to show my wife what I was capable of, like even not being able to practice all the time. Cause <laughs> she was standing there right behind me. So like after every round, I was like, yeah, that's another 30 X. Like, yeah, that's what's up. Show off mode, <laughs> Dude, I've done that for my wife and she's not giving a. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like you see, right. I'm kind of a big deal out here. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> They're like, whatever. <laughs> uh, your wife's really yeah. supportive, though, dude. She came with you down to uh, Fresno for the Break the Berries event. Yeah, yeah, dude. She she loves the archery world and she loves everybody in there. Uh, which I was really surprised because shooting that BTB and her just walking around with them an umbrella, I thought yeah. I was just gonna like ruin it for her. <laughs> She liked talking shit and just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys are in a rough group. You guys are in a... <laughs> oh my god, dude! <laughs> yeah. Hey, if those guys listen to this ever, please don't ever sign up on my bill again. <laughs> I think one or two of them do. Well, uh, well, don't do it. <laughs> so, dude, I wanted to like right now in California. The next upcoming event is a state 900. All right. Mm-hmm. You won the state 900 in 2019 and that by shooting eight down. I shot 892. Uh, you That's good. 17 by shooting 896, which is four down. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember what you did? Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, actually, I do. Um, so I, I knew that the tournament was coming up and uh-huh. it was probably like two months before. And I decided to go online and see what the state record was. And the state record was at 898. Yes. And I was like, oh, John Weaver. Yeah. It, is it still 898? Yes. It's still held by John Weaver. And that year that nice. you won, you beat John Weaver also. He shot 894. Yeah. So go on, go on. You went down that record. Yeah, so I, I just went out and bought a bunch of targets and uh, started shooting 60, 50, and 40 yards in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to the point to where I was shooting a 900 score every time I'd go out and practice. I was like, all right, you know, I got this because I, I really wanted to beat that record. I just wanted to set the bar high. Uh-huh. And uh, the night before, there happened to be a party going on, and – I didn't want to turn down a party, so I decided to go to that. And I think that's what kind of screwed me up because I got to that tournament with only two hours of sleep, and uh, I was really, really hungover. 
I, I, half the shoot I was shooting with my glasses on. I didn't. <laughs> I don't want to be there. Oh, uh, dude! Yeah. Even hung over on two hours of sleep, you still want it. Four down is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. I dropped my uh, first four points within like the first two rounds, and I was like, "Dude, you got to buckle down and just like you can do this no matter what. No sleep, hung over, like you can do it. It's so not hard. Prepping for this practice, you just practice on sixty, fifty, forty until you started cleaning it. Correct. Yeah. I always try to set the bar really high when I'm practicing, which I feel like it's kind of hard to do when you're out practicing because you're just shooting arrows. Uh-huh. Um, you know. But, well, that, okay. But, so here's the other thing. You have this mindset that is like, uh, I think, kind of new that's coming up right now. Or it's now we're seeing guys like, like Blake Jerome, right? He's like one mm-hmm. down. Or he's cleaning, you know, he's cleaning field rounds and shit. Didn't think it was possible. They're like, okay, the winner is going to be a couple points down. And now there's like this. Oh, you got to clean it. Like, if you want to win it, you got to shoot this shit clean. And it's possible. I don't think people have thought about this stuff being possible, but you have always kind of had that mindset that, yeah, I can, I can do this. This, you know. Is that was that a fair assumption? Yeah, no, yeah, I'd say that's pretty much spot on. Because yeah, I, I, there's been times where I go to tournaments and I'll drop, you know, just a few points, and you know, I'll have people come up to me and tell me, "Oh, you know, good job, good job." And you know, in the back of my mind, it's like, I mean, yeah, it's a good job, it's a good score, but it's not what I came here to do. You it's know? not what you wanted. Exactly. Right. I- for indoor, we were kind of—I uh, think it was like two years ago—we were kind of having like an online battle of uh, shooting twelve. <laughs> we were doing twelve hundred rounds. I think you beat me by either a point or an X on a twelve hundred round. That's four three hundred, four consecutive three hundred rounds. It was nuts, right? <laughs> and I think when you beat me by the X, dude, my heart sank because I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like this is it. This is all I got. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> But just yeah, that's, you, a, that's a bit much. <laughs> what's that, dude? Yeah, that that's a bit much shooting a twelve hundred round. It's that's a long day. But dude, just to do that and to to shoot twelve hundred rounds, not about your mindset, you know. And then going to something like the, the Iowa Pro Am or with Idaho, but and then to, I mean, do do you remember who you were on the post? Uh, yeah, so I was on the podium with Chris Schaff and uh, Kyle Douglas, and um, I got another good buddy out here named uh, Cisco. Uh huh. Cisco oh, yeah. Canteen. Yeah, yeah. I sat with him in Reading. Yeah, hopefully I didn't butcher his last name. Um, no, I know, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, yeah, he's also a uh, very good shot, and so he was up there as well. And he he's mentioned it to me before that pressure does kind of get to him. A little uh-huh. bit. And so within like the first couple rounds, he, he got knocked out. And uh, yeah, and then it was just Shaft and Kyle Douglas and me. And we went like another three ends. And finally, Chris dropped a couple of points. And I looked over and I had one more arrow to shoot. And I was like, ah, oh, dude, you got this. How cool would this be to take this guy out right now? And so I just remembered, I just drilled that x and i look back at my wife and i'm like i don't care what happens next like if i take second like 
I accomplished my goal today. <laughs> uh-huh. So it yeah. came down to you and Kyle Douglas. Yeah, it came down to me and Kyle Douglas. We went another round, shot uh, shot three X's, and then the next round after that, I don't know if I was, like, running out of fuel or, like, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I just – I was just so excited and pumped up that I beat him, you yeah. know, for somebody that goes out and shoots every day and grinds it out. And then I'm just this dude that shoots once every other week. <laughs> yeah. It's just but, a good motivation for me. Cause also it's like, you know, if I, if I'm able to go out and practice, you know, four days a week, like I want to, uh-huh. who knows how good I can really be. Right. Right. Who knows what you're capable of. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's good, dude. Uh, you go out there and still pound it, and you know you still got it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Rudy, that'd be fun. Me and Rudy talk every so often, and he believes in uh, uh, shot equity, which is like an in- investment nerd's term for put so much time into developing a shot, or developing their own shot, or just shooting their bow that you know they can go long stretches of time without practicing and be okay. You know, I'd imagine at some point you put a lot of practice in. Yeah, I do. So those days that I go out and practice, I try to put in a full day until my back can't draw my bow back anymore. Anymore, right? Yeah, I know that if you only get one day, when you can make that day count. Yeah, exactly. And now that my wife is shooting, I'm also trying to coach her. So, I mean, it kind of interferes with my practice a little bit, but uh-huh. it's also a really good help for me, too, because I'm able to kind of point things out that I'm doing wrong on my end as well. Oh, dude, so, I've heard that. I've heard that some people that coach are able to uh, identify or when they go to shoot their bow, they're like, OK, I can I know what mistakes to look out for already. Right, yeah. That's yeah. cool. What bow is uh, your wife shooting? Uh, she's shooting that new laser. Oh, does she like it? Oh, yeah. She loves it. Yeah, she thinks it's the coolest looking thing out there. Yeah, it's a cool looking bow. I almost thought about getting a laser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that thing can shoot for sure. Dude, okay, so for the 900 that you won, mm-hmm. did you build arrows specifically for the 900? Or were those arrows? Yeah, no, I just uh, I just continued shooting my outdoor arrows. I didn't change anything. What were you shooting? Um, I think I was shooting the gold tips, the pro tours. Or uh, what? I, uh, forget what, what they're called. Actually. Yeah, Pierce tours. You're right. Yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Pierce tours. What um, what point weight do you run on those? Um. So, <laughs> I'm like the most unprofessional professional archer out there. Uh-huh. Um, I don't really know the points that I put in my tips, to be honest with you. Okay, keep your secrets, Nick. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, writing, I, I'm writing down all this shit right now. I'm point ways. It's just a big fat question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. You have to pull me off to the side to get that one. No, I think I was shooting. Uh, I think I'm shooting 130 on the front. 130 on the front. That seems to be, you know, it seems to be the number that a lot of good ass shooters are shooting right now. Yeah, yeah. 
I heard Steve Anderson, he sets his up uh, with his X-10s. He goes strictly 120. He doesn't add any more, doesn't go less. He's right, right on 120. So Easton engineers, the reason why, my theory behind that is that Easton engineers have found that the point of diminishing returns is 120, that you can't gain anything after a 120 yeah. grain point. So who knows? I've also heard Steve Anderson say the best arrow to shoot is the heaviest arrow that you can hit the longest distance at. So, who knows? But 120, it makes sense because that's like an it's like scientists found that out. You know? Right. Yeah. How about for indoor? What kind, What's your arrow setup for indoor looking like? Uh, so, I just changed up. Um, I'm kind of getting away from gold tip a little bit. I mean, uh-huh. it just takes a lot of effort kind of setting them up. And when I buy a set a dozen from them, they're kind of – they're, they're not really all the same. So uh-huh. this year I'm trying out the Easton X27s with the uh-huh. AAE hybrid veins. Cool. What, uh, and what, what? Uh, 250. I did slap 300s in there just to see how they would fly. And, oh, my God, do not do that. Oh, dude, I ran 300s like two years ago. Yeah, 320, 325. Jesus, dude. Yeah, your arrow shaft has got to be like 700 grains. Yeah, it's heavy. It's a slow arrow. Yeah. Yeah, it's like shooting a log. <laughs> I don't know what it is exactly as to why. Because I've shot 300s in the past and they were shit. But then I shot them like, you know, and it, it was like one of the only points that worked. And then I. Same bow tune and everything. I shot two twenty fives and they were better. Like the two twenty fives were better. So it has something to do with your tune, you know, the way the bow is tuned. Right. But oh yeah, for sure. Two fifty seems to be. I mean, I know Blake Jerome runs. Perkins runs two fifty. I real wild is shooting two fifty. So I mean, I'm definitely looking at giving two fifties a try. Yeah, I yeah I took off the uh, the fifty grains off the weights and started trying out the two fifties. They were flying a little bit better. Uh huh. Um, I I wish because I'm shooting the top hat points on there, uh-huh. and I wish that I could just break it off and try out the two hundreds. But I you know if I don't like it, I can't put that fifty grains back on there. So right. Yeah, I know what I, you mean. I like yeah I like tinkering with stuff. No, oh, dude, me too, man, for sure. All right. Um, did you like for indoor, have you done the, um, bear shaft where you like shoot a bear shaft to see which direction the arrow flips? Uh, yeah. So I did that one time uh-huh. and I'll probably never do that again because I had a guy shoot next to me and I decided to shoot a bear shaft out of my bow and my bear shaft hit his target. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I, I don't know if this is the dumbest thing that people are doing or if I'm just the dumbest. <laughs> Dude, it's solely to see what direction your arrow rotates, man. Not, <laughs> not a full bear shaft tune because if, I'm pretty sure you're shooting a PSE, right? I am, yeah. yeah. Your arrow clockwise, more likely. Uh, yeah, depending on your string. Yeah, yeah your string, exactly. But everyone mm-hmm. puts fucking gross. What strings do you have on your bow? I have factory strings. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Dude, I'm running fast factory strings on my Matthew. <laughs> yeah, I figured since it's you know indoor season's coming up, you're shooting 20 yards. To me, I don't see the point in just changing out strings left and right. You know. And yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's 20 yards. Do you set so. up your um your knock point and everything for your indoor arrows? Like, do you pretty much set your bow up for indoor, or is it just a little tweak here? And you're off to the races. Oh no, yeah, I change. I change quite a bit for indoor. Um, I extend my sight as far out as it can go. You know, I got to change my arrow rest, changing the blade. Um, I also do change my stabilizer weights too. Um, I do, yeah. What do you re- – so, I remember I did a podcast about, like, how V-bars were dog shit, and you immediately threw V-bars on your on your bow. And- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, V bars are the shit for Are you indoor still running V bars? So no, I'm not running V bars. Um, at least not on this bow. I did try it out, which it was very, very stable. Mm-hmm. But I had a really hard time trying to get my grip in the right right place. Oh. At least with this bow. Um, but with like the expression, I ran V bars on that thing and I loved it. Interesting. This so, expression is PSC's old. Um, it's not really old, but that's that asymmetrical bow, right? It's the one that's got like all curvy left and right. What do they call it? Asymmetrical? I can't remember. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was organic. It was organic looking. Yes. Yeah. It was uh, one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you running your bars right now, Nick? Um, so I have, uh, 18 ounces on the front and then I believe I have, let's see here. Let me do this math. Cause I got 50 ounces on my bow. <laughs> That's 30 ounces on the back. Okay. So track that by three. So I have 29 on the back and then I also have three on the right side of my riser. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hey, it, so what do you, what do you find that riser does? Well, since I'm adding 18 ounces on the front, um, in order to kind of get the bow stabilized the way that I like it to, I had to add you know that 29 ounces to the back. But now it, my bubble was you know hanging to the sidebar was dragging me over, so I decided to uh-huh. slap three ounces on the right side of the riser, and that just pulled my bubble right in. Oh, and I didn't have to torque my hand or anything. I've seen other shooters like Linda Ochoa is running some weight, and uh, Sebastian Pinot, the French guy, he's just switched to PSE. He's got weights on his riser also. And I'm like, oh, what? It, what are these people doing? Because it's kind of like a new development for them. And uh, you know, I'm just curious to help you level. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to fight my bubble. I don't even want to look at my bubble, you know, uh-huh. when I draw back shooting indoors. Uh-huh. I just want to be able to just draw back and just trust it. And so it took me – oh, man. Um, it took me three full days of going out and shooting and just trying out different stabilizers So I, and different weights. And I probably – I mean, 16 to 20 hours of just messing with weights. Uh-huh. Find out what, what works for you. Yeah. Dude, okay, so uh, I remember that your stabilizers and your weights are like 
aside from a good tune, the most important part of your bow. Like, and then if you're putting also of this mindset, or is it just one more aspect of your of your bag here? Uh, so yeah, I agree one hundred percent. Stabilizers and and your weights, uh, to me, that's number one. That that's up there. Like you got to get that dialed in and figure out what's really comfortable and then adjust from there. You know, you might have to change your peep height. You might have to change your D loop, shorten your draw length a little bit. Cause the more weight that you add onto it, it's going to change your draw length and all that stuff. So uh-huh. perceived draw length, right? Whether or not the bow is uh, forward heavy or, or back heavy, like those right, kinds yeah. of things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what kind of bars yeah. you? Oh, you know, carbon craft. You still shooting Adam's bars? Oh yeah. Atta boy. <laughs> they're, they're the best bars out there. <laughs> I, I, I used to shoot B stingers and I felt like they just had a little bit too much uh aftershock. And so like after shooting a nine hundred round during practice, my shoulder would just be completely dead. And if I wanted to go out and shoot the next day, I could only shoot maybe like thirty arrows and I'm done. And I remember being in Vegas and I actually switched bars in Vegas mid tournament. Um, Adam was just like, here, man, try out these bars. I was like, ah, all right, I'll try them out. Like a buddy making bars. That sounds kind of weird. <laughs> so I slapped it on my bow and I was like, holy crap, dude. Like these things are, these things are amazing. Yeah. I, I'm still running Adam's bars too. Yeah. I, I got the, I got the old, the old carbon craft bars. There's, these aren't even like the new new bars that Adam's kicking out now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got his new ones on my bow, and then I, I gave my wife the old ones. <laughs> That's the way to do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> she got all my old hammy downs. Oh, dude, even your old hammy downs, I'm sure, is legit. Oh, it, yeah, it is, dude. She's got a badass setup. I don't even think she realizes how great it is. <laughs> dude, so, hey, going back to your bars, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So you tacked three ounces onto the right side to help level level your bow out, right? Correct. Why, why it, would you put three ounces on the right instead of swing your back bar inwards? Is there so a reason? I, yeah, I did try that, and my sidebar gets in the way. Oh, okay, I know what you mean. If you have a long uh, sidebar, uh, it'll hit you in the like the hip or the the gut, right? more or less yeah yeah so like after my shot execution my bow since it's so heavy you know it Mm kind of just drops down and when it was dropping down the sidebar would just like land right on my hip and i was like well that's uncomfortable you know i gotta swing that out i gotta figure something out Uh uh-huh so yeah so i decided to try that out and i swung it out added a couple ounces to the riser and then had to add on one more and like everything just kind of came together how do you like this is going to be a weird question but i kind of get i have these like stoner questions um <laughs> like dude how do you how do you set your weights up like do you start with the front you know add weights to the front until your pin settles or you know do you do you have tricks for countering like say you're finding your bow is dipping a bunch right and your mm-hmm. timing your timing is good like how do you go about 
Oh, man. So I'm like so indecisive when it comes to setting up my, my bows and mm-hmm. my bars. And there's so many things that you can try out on these things now, especially with the PSD, the citation, because they have that um, they have that hole at the bottom so you can drop your stabilizer down even mm-hmm. lower if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, oh man, I don't, I don't really know if I have an answer to that. I, I just tried out. I, I put my bars in every single position that I possibly could. Right. I do the same. Yeah. And I happened to stumble across while I was messing with them. Um, I put 67 ounces on my bow and I shot it for a whole entire month, which it was exhausting. But after that whole entire month, I was able to shoot a 900 round. And there was times where I was dipping out the bottom and getting real shaky, stuff like that. Uh And then when I took the weights off, I went back to 40 ounces. And I was kind of able to to really adjust my bars and find that comfort level that I liked. Mm -hmm. And so I went out and I tried that setup. And I was like, okay, you know what? This is great. My grip feels good. My draw length feels good. I'm holding good, but it just felt too light. I need a heavy bow. And so I went ahead and I bumped it up to uh, 50 ounces. And man, I just, I found that money spot for me. Dude, that's interesting. Uh, I think it was Rich, what's, what's his name? Tell, uh, Tedford, Paul, or, I don't forget his first name. Tedford and... Uh, both they've both done posts on social media where they are tacking on like 20 some odd ounces to the front Mm -hmm. back of their bow just to get stronger essentially right yeah yeah you got to build up that shoulder and that back muscle excuse me and i I don't know. My, my mental thought process for it was since I was only going out and shooting once a week. And if I'm only shooting 40 ounces, you know, before then, if I'm shooting 40 ounces, that 40 ounces, is always going to kind of feel a little bit heavy to me. So uh-huh. I was like, you know, I just, I, I felt like I just needed more and I couldn't really fully get there. So it's like, all right, I'm going to slap on this much weight, give it a go and see what happens. And man, when I took it off, I was like, holy crap, like 40 ounces. What is this? Feels like plastic. Dude, it know? makes sense. It, it makes sense. I mean, I'm the weightlifter, right? I mean, I know I look like a weightlifter, but uh, <laughs> I know like they're finding that now that if you can't lift every day, it's better to do like one rep max type lifting. Yeah. Versus lifting every day and then lifting like a small amount of weight every day. So what you're saying makes sense. You tacked on a ton of weight, you shot until you were comfortable and then you kicked weight off and then found you were, I think I remember you telling me about this. You kicked weight off and then you found, you settled somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I sent you a video. I was shooting at 60 yards and, and, uh, yeah, I think I pounded like eight arrows into the 10 ring at 60 yards on a vacant spot. And that's when I sent you that video. I'm like, dude, you got to try this. <laughs> like, I think I'm onto something here. Dude, I just got 20 ounces of weights in the mail. Definitely down to try it. Holy smokes. This is going to be ridiculous. What'd, what'd you get? Oh, just a bunch of Eastern weights. Oh, okay. A bunch of four ounce Eastern weights. So right Man. now, 
right now I'm like eight and sixteen on, and uh, I used twenty one and or twenty and nineteen, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping I can like muscle back to that, just because the I feel like these bows, all these bows, like any bow, legitimately tunes better when you have a crap load of weight on it because it 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 dampens the human element of you know your grip and and everything right yeah yeah so yeah definitely i agree and yeah for those people that are out there i mean if you guys want a bunch of weight and you know weights are very expensive yes four dollars so (laughs) yeah it's insane well i stumbled across um i believe the brand is called cartel and they make a weight, and you could buy twelve ounces for sixteen bucks. What? Yep. I mean, they come as a big, huge block. Uh huh. Right. Like the the weight itself is twelve ounces, so you can buy a twelve ounce block and put that on your bow, and then you know you could buy, you know, whatever ounces you want after that. You uh-huh. know, the expensive ones. So. Yeah, That's I, a good deal. I bought uh, four. The going rate for stabilizer like uh, weights is about four dollars an ounce. I the Easton weights are if you buy the four four ounce stack. Yeah, it's still price 12, 12 ounces for sixteen bucks. That's a deal. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll shoot the cheap stuff, man. It's just a weight. Yeah, it's just a weight. It's not, it's not important. Yeah. No, not at all. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Hey, um, what were you about to say, Nick? Oh, I was going to say, I, I had like 60 ounces when I went to uh, Reading this year. Jesus. Which I didn't realize my math was really off. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was telling everybody like, oh, yeah, I'm shooting 50 ounces. And then I'm sitting there about halfway through the turbo. I'm like sitting there adding this all up. I'm like, oh, oh, shit. I'm shooting like 60 ounces. <laughs> A damn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dude, um, do you do any blank? Uh, very rarely. Um, my blank bailing is just me slapping up a, a Vegas target and uh-huh. just shooting that. That's my blank bail. Uh-huh. That's yeah. the boat that I'm in. If I have limited time, I'm just going to shoot a Vegas round. Right. But, uh, I'm trying to figure out because how about when you, do you remember when you were pounding, uh, like hard scores for outlaws and stuff? Were you doing any blank bailing at all to your, uh, training routine? Um, I haven't blank bailed it since I was like ten years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, this is <laughs> that, great, that man. That was the last time I had. That was the last time I had target panic was when I was like ten years old. Uh huh. My my dad kind of beat that out of me. Uh, you shoot a hinge also, right, Nick? Yes and no. So I started trying out a button release. Uh huh. Because uh, in Reading, I was extremely pissed off. And so I borrowed Adam Ross's uh, button release and I started punching it like Kyle Douglas, uh-huh. a little bit more aggressive. And uh, yeah, I just started pounding them in the middle. And I was like, holy crap, you know, there's there's something to this punching thing here. So, Is that what you're doing now? No, I'm not punching. So I set my release extremely hot to where as soon as I lay my thumb on that release, it's off. 
And I kind of like it a little bit more because I feel like now I have full control of that shot. I know exactly when it's going to go off and where I want it to go off. Mm -hmm. Um, Unlike the hinge, which I truly believe in the hinge and I love it. um, There's just been some times where I draw back and I'm holding there and all of a sudden I'm starting to float off and I'm getting tired. And it's like, damn, why won't this thing go off? You know? Uh, right. But with a thumb release, it's a little bit different. You don't lock up like you do with the hinge. Right. You can get the shot off every time with the thumb button. Yeah. What yeah. kind of thumb button? Uh, so I'm shooting that sear. Oh, the sear. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, true fire, right? Yep. Oh, interesting, yep. man. Interesting. Yeah. I set it up as a four finger, too. It actually feels really good. Interesting. Dude, I had. I got a release. I set it up as a button. Uh, Austin Watts kind of like convinced me to, you know, thing. I got a the Fred, right? and then uh, started shooting it more like a back tension where you kind of pull a little bit. And, right. Uh, dude, I, f- I fell in love with that style, but now I'm kind of doing a Renaissance thing where I'm shooting a hinge again. Yeah, I, I still got it. I I'll, think, I'll go back to it at some point. Yeah, I think a hinge would be really great for people for indoor tournaments um, or even FIDA, you know, if it granted if it's not a windy day. Uh-huh. Um, but for outdoor, I think I'm just really going to go hard on, on the button release. Cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did What did you shoot at, at the Iowa Pro-Am? Uh, I was shooting the hinge. You were shooting the hinge? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a button release then. Oh, okay. Okay. But, uh, for indoor, are you going to stick the button out for, uh... I'm I'm trying the button out, man, because I was laying down some really high scores, and I was shooting my gold tip pierce. Uh Uh-huh. And I shot a 900 round, and the first 300 round that I shot, it was like 23 X's with those skinny shafts. And, uh... I kept, I kept shooting that thumb button. I'm like, man, I, you know, I'll shoot another 300 round, see what happens. And then I shot a 328 X. So I go, all right, well, I'll just, let's keep this ball rolling. Let's shoot another round. And then I shot a 329 X. I'm like, dude, there's something to this button now. I, I think I'm going to stick with this. Jesus. Yeah. This is, uh, no, you're saying 900 round. You're talking three Vegas rounds. Correct. Yeah. With skinny, my- with skinny. Correct. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's usually my normal practice routine. I'll just go out and shoot a nine hundred round every day. You know, whenever cool. I can. Yeah, it's about a hundred arrows. It's ninety arrows plus or minus through practice arrows. Yeah, it's really yeah. not that much, honestly. I mean, compared to like some of these people, will do uh, the people that are doing like four hour practice every day. <laughs> right. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, but there's people that don't do that and still shoot great. You know, yeah. I, I don't think Brandon, Brandon Williamson, I don't even think looks at his night before a tournament. And then he goes out and, you know, punches a, a 920. Yeah, that, that guy right there, he's a different breed for sure. Um, yeah. I, I, I look up to Brandon. 
Oh, yeah. I don't know how that guy does it. <laughs> He's tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, cool, man. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Nick, and, and sharing your insights, man. I think this is, uh, you know, I, I originally wanted to have you on just talk about the 900, but I think you gave us a lot of good info as far as, you know, stabilizers, kind of like the same religion as far as, you know, the stabilizers and shit like that. Granted, you shooting a way heavier bow than I am, but. Yeah, so I'm actually trying something new out with my wife because, oh man, training a spouse can be, it, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> and she, like she sees the way that I shoot and she wants to reach that potential. And it's like, you've been shooting for what, two, three months now. Like it's going to take some time. Yeah. But she's, she's got that competitive drive in her. And every time that she goes out and shoots, we have three different releases for her to try. I'm trying to just let her pick and choose on what's comfortable. So she's shooting, a, uh, she's shooting a spot hog trigger release she also has a true fire trigger release and then she also has a thumb button uh-huh. and she can't decide what feels more comfortable and she's in this punching habit and i've been trying to just get that out of her system but it, yeah that's extremely difficult that's oh, a different dude. story so, so go on those, so those lasers, they come with a plastic grip on them. And like when we first got that bow, I took that plastic grip off. And just cause I, I personally like a thinner grip and she has tiny hands. So it just made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I took that grip and I put string on it and I was like, here, you adjust this string and you play with these releases. Once you figure out what's comfortable, you know, you just continue to shoot that, whether you're at work or, you're, you know, you're sitting at home doing nothing, just keep on using that. And then once you go out and shoot your bow, we can kind of make adjustments based off of, you know, how everything was feeling when you're just sitting there with that grip and that string, just practicing. And so I'm trying that out now. Uh, we just started doing that a couple of days ago. So we're going to see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah, dude. With uh, with my wife, I uh, I just handed her a hinge from the beginning. And, really? Yeah, and I just told her, like, there's no other releases in existence. And she index finger release, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, all we have are <laughs> hinge releases. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where you saw that. And so I started her on a hinge right away. And so she can shoot, like she can, you know release an arrow but uh thor hammer grips the the riser and i've been trying (laughs) she's like i know it just shoots better i'm sorry so i have a good trick for that what's that for you know gripping and ripping that bow Uh uh-huh uh this is what my dad did to me when i was a little kid he took those uh you know those thumbtacks that are kind of flat on the bottom yeah Take those and tape it to the riser. God damn. <laughs> you, I started grab right... it once and that'll be it. Yeah. Shit down and I'm like, no, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> That's so <laughs> fucking hardcore. <laughs> it, it's really not that bad. Trust me. Like I, 
the first time I grabbed my bow with those thumbtacks on there, my dad did it. Like it, it, it pricked my finger, but I mean, I didn't cry. But right after that, just the thought of grabbing that bow never happened again. Dude, it sounded like your dad only liked to teach shit once. And then it was done. He's like, okay. He's like, oh, what do I got to yeah. fix now? <laughs> yeah. My, my dad was hard on me. Like he wanted me to like be the best at oh, everything. Awesome. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I, I understand the ups and downs of it. I have an Asian mother, so, you know, <laughs> I'm not a doctor, so, you know. Hey, you know what? You. I'm glad I'm glad that you told me that you have an Asian mother because I w- I've been wondering what the hell you are, okay? <laughs> like, every time I see you, I'm like trying to figure out, are you Spanish? Are you Asian? <laughs> are you? And, and you never tell me, man. You play it off so cool. You're like, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, truly, I'm white. My dad's white, and uh, I grew up in California. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, Nick, and giving us your secrets, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. Hey, have you heard anything about Vegas? You know if that's coming up. It is coming up. It's happening. It's happening. Oh yeah, it's happening. all right. I've heard some awesome. talks that you know. That tournaments are going to get canceled because of the Delta variant or whatever, but mm-hmm. uh, I know it is open for Vegas. At least getting the hotel is. Yeah, see, I think they had that um, uh, the year before before COVID all happened, uh-huh. and then they canceled and gave people a bunch of refunds. Oh shit! I'll have to talk to Rudy about it. I know so. can shoot Vegas like this upcoming uh, event, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna dip into it and try to shoot the uh, the class. Sweet man, that's good. Yeah, I don't want to see you shooting no amateur class. I uh, did losing an amateur feels worse than losing in um, championship. So I'd rather I'd rather go out on my shield. Hey man, I'll I'll tell you what my dad told me. Like if you want to be the best, you gotta get your ass whooped by the best, and you'll learn. Dude, there's a lot of truth to that. I I would appreciate. <laughs> well man um yeah let's uh let's start practicing let's start live streaming some uh we'll, we'll start out with some 900 rounds let's not right, go too I, crazy we'll start out with a 300 round and then we'll <laughs> okay baby steps <laughs> all right dude i'll buy you beer in vegas thanks nick sounds good buddy have a good day yeah